0: Canada's borders just reopened to travelers vaccinated against COVID-19, and already there have been some changes that affect business aviation operators. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. After nearly 18 months of being essentially locked down to anyone from outside the country, Canada reopened its borders August 9th to travelers from the United States, and one month later to vaccinated passengers from around the globe. We outlined the new requirements for traveling into Canada in an earlier episode of Flight Plan, but we thought it would be a good idea to check in on how things are going since that time when it comes to flying to our neighbor to the north.
1: The things that we have really received feedback on deal mainly with the
0: Arrive Can app and the calls to the Telephone Reporting Center. Luis Nambo is the Master Global Regulatory Specialist at trip support provider Universal Weather and Aviation. So initially, some of our
1: operators were a bit confused as to who exactly needed to submit information on the app, whether it just be the pilot-in-command or if it's a family, only one person does it. Some little confusion there. Um, and then what needed to be done with the receipt codes afterwards, Our operators quickly got the hang of it, learning that the pilot command had to provide the code to the Telephone Reporting Center. Then about a month later, on September 7th, Canada opened its borders to all fully vaccinated travelers, regardless of citizenship. This, of course, increased traffic, which was felt by the wait times with the Telephone Reporting Center. We have heard stories of lengthy on-hold times, some taking as long as one to two hours. Even myself, when I've called to update ETAs with Campass, it always says the minimum wait time is at least 15 minutes or more.
0: And adding to those requirements came an expanded list of restrictions issued September 17th by Transport Canada. Here to tell us more about that is Scott Harold, member of the Board of Directors and treasurer for the Canadian Business Aviation Association, CBAA, and the president of Sky Aviation International.
2: CBA is Constantly uh, talking to Transport Canada with reference to the enhancement and trickle-down effects of uh, business aviation coming into Canada. Uh, some of the updates on that, uh, again, do, do deal with, uh, as mentioned earlier, on the ArriveCan uh, app. But we've had quite a few um, arrivals from the United States lately on aircraft with basically pretty clean entry and, and departure Weight restrictions and so on I'm not affected as of yet in my book, but we did basically just encourage everyone to over-prepare. And I think the others may, may seem this, the, that works the best, but the restrictions basically are just on type of COVID tests and basically essential or non-essential business and also uh, some of the quarantine aspects. But they haven't really hit hard yet on, on certain things as far as uh, entrance into Canada this is this the same?
0: Should we expect these restrictions to get perhaps more strict as time goes on, Scott?
2: Well, we are dealing with the third wave, as many countries are these days, and uh, we hope that, again, the preparedness aspect should uh, prevail. But we just finished an election in Canada, which has sent a little sigh of relief, I guess, to a point where we don't have a brand new government coming in and, and changing things upside down. But there's still that requirement for the COVID test. Doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not. There is the requirement to make sure your your, your second dose of vaccine was at least 14 days prior to the trip. Provinces have now implemented Q Scan codes uh, going into restaurants, bars, gyms, a few things like that. So it, it, there's nuances there that, as far as preparedness goes, and uh, your identification of your essential crewness, especially for the crew and willingness to stay near the hotel, a few things like that uh, still apply. And again, we encourage everyone to carry that PHAC letter, which is the Canadian uh, public health organization with reference to the essential aspect of crew.
0: My third guest today is Ron Renz, president of aircraft certification and flight testing firm Alligator Incorporated. Ron, I understand you recently flew a trip to Canada. Please tell us about that trip. And were there any unexpected issues along the way?
3: We go to Canada about two, three, four times a year. Uh, We've got a lot of family up there. Most of our trips to Canada are family related. This was the first trip we took since COVID happened. We went up on the 4th of September and came back on the 17th of September. We had no problems at all. There was a little bit of confusion using the Rive Can app because we were coming in with a private airplane and they asked for your airline. Well, nowhere in the instructions does tell you how to do that and you got to fumble with that a little bit and and what you got to enter under the airline is other and then under the other airline you say private and flight number you, you either make up a number or say not applicable and then after that it all goes uh, fairly well with that app both my wife and I with well, there's two of us traveling on that trip as my wife and I we both had the arrive can app on our phone I had a problem making it work online she had no problem at all what we discovered out of that is actually quite good, is that one person can do the RiveCAN for all passengers on the airplane. There's a there's a function in the app that allows you to add travelers. When you do that, though, you have to have access to the other travelers' passports, and you have to have access to the other travelers' vaccine proof, if you're not a crew, for example. The advantage of, of one person doing it for the entire flight is when you land and you talk to CANPASS, one of the questions that they ask you as you arrive can number, which you'll get after you fill it out, you'll get a number that says, hey, here's your number that you need to use. And uh, if one person does it, it's the same number just with a dash for all the other passengers. That makes it easy. If it's a corporate operation where you've got a number of passengers, it probably would be easiest for one of the flight crew members to do it for all the flight because then you know you've got all this stuff done properly and easily, uh, which makes it, uh, makes it seamless. I think if you have some people that aren't that familiar with traveling with business or general aviation airplanes, they could very easily get confused by that and know, don't know what to do for uh, airlines and that sort of thing. And then that worked quite seamless. As far as uh, flying into Canada... All the normal procedures you got to do you got to do the you got to do CAN pass, and, and now you got to do this additional uh, arrive can thing. We, we were both fully vaccinated, so we just took advantage of that. Uh, I know that, that for flight crew, you don't need to be fully vaccinated or tested, and, and the arrive can app allows for that. And then you just enter a, that you're a, a flight crew member. Uh, You're traveling for transportation, and that works. I think, as Scott was saying, the thing that you need to worry about, mostly for flight crew that might be coming in without full vaccination, because they don't have to have it, is what they'll be able to do when they are in Canada. We were in Winnipeg, in Manitoba, so I can't talk about the other provinces. But in Winnipeg, basically, if you want to do anything either a restaurant or a bar or, or a art gallery or some kind of a venue where there are inside, where there are other people and in public involved, you are going to rec- have to show your vaccine status. You know, we used our, our CDC vaccination cards to get into restaurants and that was not a problem, but you have to show two pieces of ID. You gotta show a photo ID and you gotta show your vaccination status. And they'll check to make sure that the names are, are the same. And that's important. Anybody that's not flight crew, if they're trying to operate without vaccination status, there are some exemptions that you can operate under. If you go to travel.gc.ca under air, it gives you all kinds of exemptions you can get for that. All that's doing is, is exemptions to let you come into the country and clear through customs. It doesn't address at all what you're going to be able to do once you're there you know, where you are going to be able to go and all that stuff. And that's, I think, the thing about that. The requirement to get in the country may not be the same as the restrictions that you're going to be subject to when you are there. And that's really, really key. And I think that we travel also internationally quite a bit uh, outside of Canada. And I think we're going to see more and more of that. And I think the reality of the situation is, if you're going to try to travel anywhere, you better get vaccinated and you better be able to prove it because otherwise you're going to have significant restrictions on where you can go and what you can do.
0: We'll have more about Ron's trip in just a moment, but first, this word from NBAA.
2: NBAA Flight Plan listeners, are you ready for the convention? It's back. It's nearly sold out and it's going to be a game-changing event. Join us by visiting nbaa.org slash 2021.
0: We're back now with Luis Nambo, Scott Harold, and Ron Renz, and our discussion about flying between Canada and the U.S. in light of updated restrictions related to COVID-19. Ron, before the break, you provided a very detailed description about your trip to Canada. What about your trip home?
3: Coming back into the States, there's a requirement that you've got to have a negative COVID test within uh, 72 hours of coming back into the States. And again, it's the over-prepared thing. Check, check, check. We called the customs off. We usually, coming, when we come back from Winnipeg, we usually clear at Fargo, and we know that, that stopped quite well. We've called the customs officer, asked him about that. He said, oh, no, you don't need a negative COVID test. You just come on through. So we, we went and got negative COVID tests to come back, just, just so we're not going to have any problems. That turned out to be an interesting operation to get a negative COVID test in Canada, because everything in Canada, at least in Manitoba, is tied to your Manitoba health card. Well, if you don't live in Manitoba, you don't have one of those. So we called around, and, and all the numbers we called said, oh, no, you, we can't help you. You've got to go this, and you got to do this, and you got to do that. And it's like basically there was no way to get a COVID test. So we called the FBO up in Winnipeg and said, do you have a place to go for a COVID test? Oh, yeah, here's the number you call. So we called those places, and that's really fine. Oh, yeah, we can get you a negative COVID test, and you'll get your results in less than 24 hours. And it only costs four hundred dollars plus tax per person. Well, yeah, you know, for two people that's eight hundred dollars. It's Canadian, so it's a little less. But nevertheless, uh, if you've got a you know larger airplane, you've got eight or ten people, that gets to be a substantial amount of money. Well, what we ended up doing, we talked to some friends there and said, "Oh no, you don't have to do that." There's this, there's all these mobile. COVID testing sites around Winnipeg and, and none of them are ever busy and they pulled up an app and said, here's where they are tomorrow. So we went there and said, hey, you need a reservation to get there. But we, we talked to the folks, said, oh, no, no problem. Just stand in line. You get your COVID test. And we got our COVID tests. Then the next problem is getting the results of your COVID test because you don't have a Manitoba health card. You can't just go online and get your results. So they give you a phone number to call. The downside of the phone number to call, you're going to be on hold for about an hour to an hour and a half. And you got to be prepared for that and ready for that. And then when they get your results and it's tied to, uh, we used our passports, and it's tied to your passport number. They gave you the results and then, they, and then they texted the results to your phone and that's how you got that. That was kind of a little glitch. It turned out we didn't need those. But again, it's being prepared for something that you might need is better than not having what you do need.
0: Luis, what about restrictions for passengers entering Canada who aren't vaccinated against COVID-19? So for travelers that are unvaccinated,
1: they still have to go through all of the original requirements. They still need to have a quarantine plan in place whenever they do go into Canada. So that sometimes messes things up, but whenever you have a group of travelers that are vaccinated and other ones that are not vaccinated, so you can not they can't always make their plans come to fruition. And even then, the ones that do go in usually tend to be going in on the exemption status. But again, they still need to have the 14-day quarantine plan in place. That has really honestly just been the main thing. It's just more so the ones who are vaccinated versus unvaccinated that we've seen so far.
0: Scott, what other tips do you have for operators flying into Canada in light of these requirements, particularly as we might still see even more changes in the near future?
2: For now, continue the path of getting the COVID test prior to coming into Canada, uh, carrying the masks, you know, getting, uh, back, getting back to basics. Uh, again, I encourage anybody to, to carry that uh, PHAC letter, which basically explains a travel into and out of Canada uh, that does the health aspect to it. Be aware, you know, that provinces are now into the uh, Q-scan codes for Uh, restaurants, again, bars, gyms, uh, anything that's sort of a public event, if you will, even a sports event, uh, and, uh, you know, carry your your vaccine cards. Just carry things that you don't usually do as far identification is concerned. Uh, You don't need your passport everywhere you go around in in the provinces, but, I mean, two forms of identification, I think uh, Ron was mentioning, is, is key, you know, with your vaccine card. I would just stay that course for now. Uh, things may uh, hopefully relax, but uh, we are now all concerned a bit on, you know, this third wave and how we're gonna be affected on that. The overall consensus basically is just to, uh, is to maintain the preparedness. And and I do really encourage, and uh, maybe Louise finds this as well, uh, for crews to carry around the uh, public health uh, PHAC letter. Uh, which basically states the you know the essential requirements, the business allowed in coming into Canada, stuff like that. That uh, usually does shut down any questions that they may have. And unlike the U.S., where CBP really focuses on their entrance requirements coming into the United States, CBSA will uh, kind of bleed into the COVID uh, health. Requirements And they have questioned many flights on the basis of not coming into Canada doing business, but coming into Canada, have you satisfied all the COVID requirements? Uh, so they do have leniency where, in fact, sometimes you do get gray area in there. So uh, hence the preparedness aspect. You may not have Transport Canada or PHAC asking you questions. You actually may have CBSA asking you health-related questions. But to uh, have Ron's experience and, and Louise, you know, I mean, it's just the same as always. It's just uh, being prepared and, and asking questions prior to your trip.
0: What tips do you have to share from the trip support perspective, Louise? I want to touch a little bit more on the testing requirements
1: when you come back into the US. When the CDC order came out regarding the 72-hour COVID test requirement, CDP officers were advised that they were not to enforce it. It's in CDC's jurisdiction, so CDP officers shouldn't be asking for that information. There are some ports around the country, in my experience, when setting up uh, customs where some officers do ask us preliminarily, do the passengers have negative COVID tests? So some officers are asking for it, but most officers should not be asking for it. They have been advised not to. Um, However, the case is, though, travelers should always have that negative COVID test coming back into the U.S. should CDC ever decide to audit operators.
3: Ron, anything you'd like to add? The things that will get you are the things that you're not prepared for. And that's, I think, for the whole COVID thing. And I, I know there's some new potential testing requirements coming in for anybody coming into the states that's not vaccinated and that's going to be like within 24 hours. And then after you get back within 24 hours, you get t- tested again. And there's some quarantine things and all that. So it goes back to the rules change. They can change daily. You better check daily if you're going to go. I mean, yeah, we went up on the 4th, came back on the, on the 17th. Well, on the 15th and 16th is when I started checking to see what the rules might have been that changed in that almost two-week period we were up there because there were a few minor changes. And, and But, you know, if you prepare for them, it's no big deal. If you don't prepare for them, that's where you're going to have gotchas, I think. So for us, it was pretty seamless, but, you know, that's because we did the homework.
0: And for your homework, should you plan to travel into Canada in the coming weeks or months, be sure to check out the Canadian Travel and Tourism site at travel.gc.ca and scroll down to Air Travel for the latest advisories and requirements. Similarly, visit travel.state.gov for the latest information on requirements and restrictions when coming back into the U.S. And for all the latest COVID-19-related developments affecting business aviation travel worldwide, visit nbaa.org slash coronavirus. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan.